Hello, this is Edgar Papke. And this is Ken Sagendorf. Welcome to the True Alignment Podcast. Where we talk about and have deep and rich conversation about everything alignment. Deep and rich indeed, Edgar. We're live in the Innovation Center in the uh, Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University here in Denver, Colorado this morning. Yes, we are, and it's gorgeous out. That's sunny, um, crisp, crisp. probably. We just ride on the tail end of some snow, and we've got some more coming. So for those of you that are distant and pondering whether to come out to Colorado to do some skiing, the skiing's quite fine, quite fine indeed. Yeah, it's... uh. It was a good day to be by the fire yesterday, though. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, we had a wonderful family gathering yesterday. Our, our granddaughter uh, turned one a couple of days ago or so ago and uh, had her naming ceremony, and uh, everybody got together, and we had a really nice time because at the end of the day, it's all about love and family, isn't it? It is. So, Edgar, we have, uh, you know, every every Monday morning when we come on to the podcast, we get to witness you watch uh, write songs live <laughs> right in front of us. Edgar, Edgar can riff people. Uh, yeah, once in a while. Yeah, no, I don't think work. it's once in a while. I think it works pretty well. Yeah, yeah just got to have a beat and we're ready to go, right? Yeah. So we were having deep conversations this morning. Yeah. You want to start with the deep conversations or you, or you want, to, want me to bring something funny? You can bring something funny. Let's bring something funny. So uh, we were checking out where the podcast is being downloaded this morning before you got here. Ah, yep. And you know where it got downloaded this week? I'm going to guess Japan. You're close. Russia. 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 <laughs> uh, Vladimir was looking for aligned um, alignment work. Yeah. And, and, and he downloaded the podcast from Russia. Wow. Okay. So uh, I don't, is it uh, inappropriate, appropriate, you know, the, hey, Putin, <laughs> how are you? And Mr. Putin. <laughs> Um, by whichever please, way that please goes. leave Ukraine alone. <laughs> please leave. It's a little late for leaving it alone. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, I think that's one of the great difficulties. Uh, and if we're going to talk about aligned leadership, which we are today, and you know, how do you how do you live an aligned life as a leader? Um, I, there's just so much perspective to be brought into the into the scene of what's unfolding uh, in Ukraine, and you know, where, where's alignment fit in that? So the questions that are abundant, uh, first and foremost, here is someone who's acting in alignment to his own beliefs, his own convictions and what he really believes in. So there's that aspect of it. And then we come into the context of values and belief systems, right? And what's, what's appropriate and inappropriate, what's, what's right and wrong. And uh, the alignment to one's values. So you've got convictions, you've got values, and then alignment to values of those around you and the world around you. And then there's alignment at a team level or group level. One has to really wonder what the conversations are like because everybody's kind of looking at it through the lens of are people not telling him the truth? It, it, certainly they're not telling the people the truth. We learned that firsthand from talking to some people that have relatives in Russia who have a capability to have greater, uh, have a greater breadth of opportunity to hear uh, what's on the airwaves and on social media and uh, news wor- worldwide and how it doesn't align to the stories that are being told in Russia. So there's that aspect of alignment. There's so much going on that we could 
we could look at as a case study here and uh, be, be able to see so many different uh, parts of the prism, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Well, and on the other side of, uh, of this, um, Ukrainian President Zelensky is being lauded as a leadership case study right now. Yeah, and that's interesting. And that's interesting as well. Uh, his background as a comic, as an actor, as a writer, and, and how that all comes together. And then he finds himself in a position that he's in. And how does the the true self show up in that situation? You know, what, what, gu- what guides him? It's really interesting. And the comparisons of, you know, what's this, in a way, someone acting with a great sense of bravery and courageousness are showing up that way. And then the comparisons that also have been drawn between he and Donald Trump, which I think is just interesting to see that storyline or that continuum. And I'm curious to see how that one unfolds. So Edgar, as we talk about aligned uh, leadership and what it takes to be an aligned leader, mm-hmm. we always start from this this place of self, you mentioned a little bit earlier in the conversation, kind of the, you know, not only your beliefs and values, but there's something about sharing of oneself Mm -hmm. uh, as an aligned leader. Can you talk a little bit about that from, from the perspective of the framework? Yeah. From the perspective of the framework, uh, it's an interesting way to come at it. There is, um, I I think in a, as a, as a whole, to look at aligned leadership through a holistic lens, all the area, all the all the different forms of relationship and forms of influence that that uh, show up, I think when you begin looking at it through the lens of the self, the self, and understanding one's self concept, one's values, one's beliefs that one has attained uh, through life, um, to understand strengths and weaknesses and the depth of fear. Um, that within the framework itself, there's a lot to be mined there. There's a lot to be explored because so much of what lies deep within a leader shows up through how they role model, how they reinforce, how they influence others. That without having that depth of knowledge and being able to explore that, it's very difficult to really find a path to alignment. You know, this idea of intentionality, right? I mean, a, kind of a, you know, an elevated level of consciousness of the leader to have the intentionality to put, uh, you and I have had this conversations before, and I, I always kind of flub the language when we're working with businesses, and I ask them kind of what are the, what are the cultural landmarks that they see that would indicate yeah. what their culture is? Mm-hmm. And, and leaders have this, and they can lay the tracks. Yeah. And they do so in such obvious ways, they, and it's quite obvious. And then, um, and other times, it's very subtle. And so, some more obvious ways are how they set direction, um, how they how they create a vision, and speak to what's possible. And then there's obvious ways that, that affect day in and day out, like how decisions are made, how conflict gets managed. You know, we've talked about it here on the uh, in the podcast and. We, we wind up talking a lot about it when we're working with groups and teams and organizations and learning and development within those organizations around aligning leadership. The importance of understanding how conflict gets managed, differing viewpoints, and so much of that in such a critical way 
shows up through the behavior and the influence of the leader and having a clarity. Uh, so, so many times we hear leaders say, yes, I'm very you know, participative. I, I listen to the people around me and, and, uh, and how much that they listen and how much of that listening actually has an influence or gets integrated in their own decision-making is all over the map. It gets interesting. And so many leaders talk about participation, talk about getting input, listening to others, and yet when they act, um, they give the appearance that they weren't listening at all. Yeah, you know, this 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 is conflict, right? I mean, and I think that we have, um, you know... Thank it, you, Jim. And, and Jim just delivered coffee. Um, it's Monday, and Monday always requires caffeine. Um, and we had we yes. had a very serious conversation before we got on the air, right? Lots of things going on in, in personal lives and, and figuring out where we're headed and what we're doing. And, um, you know, some quotes I wrote down is, you know, there's... There's always something, uh-huh. and we're almost there, right? I mean, this feeling of never being able to quite attain what what we're after, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't have full definition, but but that feeling psychologically that, and you we're never there. We're almost there, and we're never there simultaneously. Yeah, and, there's a, and it's a really interesting dynamic because part of it is the yearning to do more. And what is the what is the force or the uh, the seed of that of that yearning, and then one also thinks about fear. You know, am I doing enough? Um, I think for leaders, that's always a big question: is yeah. when is my work really done? Is it ever done? Every every time there's an accomplishment or an achievement, wh- wh- what's next? And that keeps showing up, and. And then the fear is, can I get it done in the time that I have, or can I, can I, can I uh, demonstrate my capability at a higher level? You know, how do I keep moving forward in that? And that's, um, that's a tough one, too. And the reason I say it's tough is because when do we really actually step back and give ourselves credit for the accomplishments that, that we've, uh, and uh, the outcomes we've attained without thinking about not having enough, we're not doing enough, we're not demonstrating our who we are enough. And that's not my that's not my skill set to stop and recognize uh, accomplishment. E- Edgar, is there does an aligned leader not have a separation between self and work and career? Uh. Yeah, and I think that's part of alignment is to recognize that they're all integrated, that there is not that separation. I think we just really like that, and we've talked about balance and you know the um, the fear uh, that comes with um, not being able to accomplish or, or or do the things that we want to do in the different aspects of life. And I think that, at least in my experience, I think there's an absolute in this one that says that aligned leadership requires an integrated life to really understand what the different forms of and definitions of success are in the different aspects of my life and to be able to integrate those, to not always be able. And there's a wonderful gift that some people have more than others is to compartmentalize. Um, and compartmentalizing is a really interesting psychological game that we can get into mm-hmm. because it's kind of like, well, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it over here psychologically, I'm not thinking wise, I'm going to put it over here, 
and I'm, <laughs> and uh, I'm going to focus over here for a while. And, and I don't often see anybody's ability to ignore one aspect of their lives for very long. Yeah. Like you said, stuff happens. I mean, it does. Shit happens and you got to be able to respond. You have to be able to act on it. And as leaders, there's uh, the choices that one has grow with leadership because you, you have the appearance of having more control. And I think most leaders and my work with most leaders as well is that they don't have that sense of control that they're always pulled in different directions and they need to respond to different situations in different ways, moment by moment, you know, hour by hour, day by day. And that's a part of being a leader. So unless you're able to integrate all the different aspects of your life, you're going to have a tough time with that. And sometimes I think compartmentalization is a way of ignoring something or putting something away for a while so that yeah, we can focus. mechanism. Yeah, it's a, yeah, very good. It's a coping mechanism. I think that's probably a really great way to, to see it. You know, I think that's interesting to talk about the balance, Edgar. Um, I wonder, I just had this kind of flash come through my head. Uh, I used to leave, leave my work, and I was commuting with a colleague, and we would see uh, the road crew, um, and we'd look at them with some envy, frankly. Because we knew that if we left work at six o'clock, that you had worked at home, you were going to work at home that evening anyway, yeah. uh-huh. right? There wasn't a boundary. There wasn't a boundary in a separation. Yeah, yeah, the old expression of "I can just turn it off." I, I leave work, I can turn it off. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I grew up in such a such a country blue collar town that you know, work ended on Friday. You celebrated with a happy hour esque kind of something, uh-huh. and then you had your weekend. It was like a demarcation between. Work has officially ended, and I can have my time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, but I watched I watched my family members who took positions of leadership kind of be drawn into that uh, unending, you know, it's, it's a mentally, leadership is so taxing mentally because you can't leave it alone. Right. I mean, and right now the world is, the world is, Crazy, right? And I mean, it's yeah. taxing emotionally. So much. Yeah, so. With the, and the pull is always there. The pull is there, and there's and uh, the more you you push against it, or you try and avoid the pull, the more that it becomes a both a, a thinking exercise, a consciousness, as well as an emotional exercise, and yeah. the fear that goes with it. So you have self and ego in there, and then you have the ability to take care of others. And yeah, and the taking care of others, and what does that look like, and how do we give ourselves to that? And because one of the things I do know about great leaders is they have just a deep, deep um, commitment to assuring the success of others. We used to do this uh, great activity in in workshops where we'd uh, say we had a group of forty people. We'd split them into you know seven or eight groups, and the assignment was. Uh, we give them 20 minutes or so and say, well, your assignment is in 15 words or less, come up with, you know, finish this statement, come up with this definition. A great leader is, that's it, a great leader is, and then you have 15 words or less. And as you could imagine, everybody's, you know, drawing, <laughs> starting to draw, draw the picture from the vantage point of visionary, you know, great communicator, um, somebody that's, you know, committed and, 
um, somebody's you know great at coaching people and and uh, they, they have deep values and core values and beliefs that they that they that they live with and oh the list just went on and on and on and then you could you could hear the conflict in the room start bubbling up the differing viewpoints as they try and get together in their teams to come up with that 15 words or less now needless to say that definitions were incredible I mean, it's, it's just so well thought out incredible definitions and you'd have you know 100 or 120 words that really define so many different aspects of leadership and of course then the question would come back to me was well what what is what's in what's in what's your definition edgar right and what's the answer <laughs> a great leader is someone who does everything in their power to help others succeed yeah that's it just does everything in their power to help others succeed and so this yeah to really to become a great leader and a great aligned leader requires an alignment to the success of others. And to have that as a really clear, at the end of the day, your purpose in business and the reason that you're in it and your values and beliefs at the end of the day all target just really one simple idea, and that's how to help others be successful. And that even includes the customer. A great product or service, regardless of what level it is, you're helping somebody be successful and fulfilling a need, a desire, something that they're seeking. So, you know, strip everything away. That's that's one, I think, clear attribute that we see in great aligned leaders that really know how to do it well. And that is they're, they relentlessly, they relentlessly uh, work towards helping others succeed. And those are the ones that we're very fond of. Those are the leaders we really, really uh, come to care about. Okay, so I, the movie reference came running into my head uh, with the <laughs> weekly movie reference. And I, you know, I always bring up the movies because, uh, you know, I have such emotional attachments to, to the characters when I'm watching movies. Oh, we, watch, yeah. we watched a good one this weekend that was not at all what we thought it was. Uh, it was actually quite painful, but um, called uh, Float Like a Butterfly. It's on Amazon Prime. It's uh, about Irish gypsies and in, in their life and uh, uh, gender issues and the patriarchy. And um, that's not the movie I was thinking. Oh, it's of. not Yellowstone. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the aligned, as we talk about what it takes to be an aligned leader, you know, really the movie Dave comes screaming. It does. That's a good one. Yeah. And I don't, if, if for the audience out there, if you've not, if you're unfamiliar with the movie Dave, it is a, um, a story that, the United States president has uh, a stroke and the vice president and the chief of staff don't want him to be out of power. So they, they convince a presidential impersonator to play the role of president. And he, he goes out of his way to take on some leadership. And I'm, I'm specifically thinking about the, you know, he's told if he can get X amount back in the budget, he can have this programming for underserved children back. Right. And so he is working with the cabinet and, and, you know, the conversation in that cabinet meeting is like, do we really need to tell people that said they don't like something that they don't like it? He's like, can't we just save that money? And, and really it's this personal relationship that he's, he's, he's influencing the cabinet members by saying, can't we take care of these people by not doing redundant things, right? He's presenting them an opportunity to align. And, and he has right. to point it out to them, though. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, and that's a character, right? It's heartwarming, kind of tears at our heartstrings. 
that we really want. I mean, I really want a president that that's kind of like that. But there's complexity in our world, right? It, these things aren't just simple, right? It's not an accounting exercise that you move this to the other column and you can have, you move X, you can get Y. There, there's complexity in the world. And I think really an aligned leader right now is a, is a tap dancer, right? I mean, you're trying to bring yourself and your values and you're constantly struggling to, to figure this out. This was the conversation you and I were having this morning about our, about, uh, about the alignment business. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot going on out there. We see a lot of uh, aligned leadership programs um, starting to pop up over the last couple of years or so. Um, a lot of consultants are going down the path which we're very grateful for because they're, they appear to be on the right path and um, doing team alignment and organizational alignment. And the conversation about culture has gotten much better and richer than it has been because I think there is an awareness now that um, if you don't pay attention to culture, culture is going to get you and you're going to wind up with something that maybe you don't want or have, which is the frustration of a lot of leaders and organizations, right? Especially in business. And um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a great degree of awareness now, uh, increasing awareness around alignment and, and how important it is. And um, in a complex world, in a complex world, having models, having models and frameworks that allow us to be able to work through that complexity, I, I find it to be invaluable. I think that's been a lot of what true alignment has been about for the last uh, close to three decades now uh, as it's evolved and as we've as we've uh, been applying it worldwide it is that it provides a rather simple uh, sometimes the criticism is maybe it's oversimplified it's, it provides a simple framework for us to see what alignment looks like and what culture looks like and so it allows us through having a definition and a clearly defined set of traits and attributes what allows us to do and what allows aligned leaders to do in aligning a culture is to be able to be intentional about it, to understand the traits and characteristics and to design the ideal culture and then to, to be able to um, make it, have it come to life through the, the power and influence of, of leadership behavior. And the role, again, the role modeling and reinforcement of, of that framework of that culture. Yeah, so yeah. interesting that a you know, aligned leadership is not, I'm this, I'll do this. I'll act in alignment with my beliefs and values and you will like it so much that the culture will be a fine culture for us to uh, make this business, make this organization successful. We can have a culture by will. Uh, certainly but that will only comes alive through behavior and the influence of that behavior in a positive way. If it's not constructive or positive, then it becomes problematic, doesn't it? And a lot of the problematic element is also the lack of clarity. I think if you're going to be a, an aligned leader, there's so many different levels of, of alignment or clarity that's required to attain that. So there's the cultural, right? There's the social, the, the cultural aspect of it. Um, then there's the team. And then there's just all the interpersonal relationships that a, that a leader has to be paying attention to and bring alignment to, and then the, the truest form of alignment that is the alignment of self. You know, who am I, my values, my beliefs, my self-concept, what, what I really truly 
truly am about as a human being and how do I bring that to life and use that as the main form of influence in, in all my relationships. So Edgar, we, you work, we work with a lot of businesses that are on a part of the growth curve that is steep, right? They might be at the very beginning or they might be you know, hitting the next echelon of, of businesses. Yeah, and I think it's that next step framework that we're seeing so much of. There's a, where entrepreneurial behavior, uh, entrepreneurs begin to discover as they see themselves as entrepreneurs that there's a need to become business leaders and community leaders, and there's a shift that takes place. And in a way, uh, it's, it, it becomes less, well, it's, it's more selfless. In other words, it's more about getting and creating alignment in the world around me that's true to who I am and, and how, do I, how do I do that and how do I manifest uh, success in others so that we can all individually and collectively achieve. So as you've done this now for 30 years, as you mentioned, yeah. um, what are the traits you recognize? And myself, I'm getting old. <laughs> 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 what are the traits you recognize in leaders when that switch happens from, uh, you know, I'm, I need to worry about my, my own leadership to now I have others yeah, and I have to, you know, what, have you seen a switch go off in, in folks you've worked with? Yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. What's it look like? Um, uh, I, so I was just recently revisiting a, an experience that I had when, when uh, my daughter was, Tegan was about nine or ten years old. And uh, we were out whitewater rafting on an outdoor ed trip with school. And uh, we were getting ready to go down the river to go back to, to, our, to, uh, to our campsite. And one of the guides came up to me and he said, you know, we've, we've got a two-person kayak that needs to make its way back. He says, have you have a kayak? And I answered, yes, because I'd kayaked. Not on the river, though. <laughs> Not in that, to that degree. <laughs> on the lake or still sure, waters. Sure. And uh, so I said, yeah, I, I've kayaked. He says, well, if you could take one of the kayaks back for us instead of getting in a raft, that'd be great. And I said, well, I don't know if I'm that good of a you know, kayaker. I mean, I don't have that kind of experience. He says, "Oh, it's, it's not going to be a problem if you've been, excuse me, if you've been in a kayak before, you'll you'll be fine." So, and the, and my daughter Tegan, you know, she sees that it's a kayak for two. She's like, "Can I go? Can I go?" And I looked at the guide, and the guide said, "Yeah, I think you'll be just fine. Go ahead." So, Tegan and I get in the kayak and we start down the river, and everything is so jolly and wonderful. We're just kind of drifting along in the current, and you know, having a grand old time, and. You know, taking in the sights and and uh, and uh, a precarious noise starts showing up, sound, and I realize that what I'm hearing is is white water, <laughs> and and you know if you look down a river, you can't always see everything, especially as you're you know dropping and and all of a sudden we're we feel like we're picking up speed, and there is white water ahead of us, and I'm not just talking a little bit of white water; I'm talking about the big spraying white water. And I was like, holy cow, I've got to get to shore. So as any really good um, responsible parent would do, I started paddling as hard as I could to get over to the shore. Well, unfortunately, there was no way I was going to make it. We weren't going to get to the shore. The current was too strong. And so as we headed towards the white water, my, my greatest fear was my daughter's life. 
there it was, as raw as you could possibly get it. That's it. That, and I was just so scared, just so scared. And so as we're coming at the, at the white water, I, I'm already thinking ahead how to grab the back of her life vest, how I'm going to you know, grab the two sides of it beneath her shoulders, and how I was going to hang on and not worry about the paddle, let go. And we drop into the white water. And that's my behavior. I'm just kind of hanging on. And I'm doing my best to lean away from rocks and try and make my way around. And all of a sudden, there's this big rock in front of us. And I realized there's just no way that I'm gonna, we're going to survive this or that we're going to not tip. Or, and I, I'm leaning against the current so strongly and trying to force our way out around from, to avoid the rock. And then the realization is there's no, there's no way I'm going to do that. And at that moment, I just grabbed onto her life jacket, and we just leaned with the water. And the interesting thing that happens when you're in that kind of a force, we didn't hit the rock. We just let the water carry us around the rock. And the water just carried us around the rock. And then here's the next big rock. And, we just, and she naturally leaned with the kayak. For me, it was something consciously. And we leaned. And we went around the next rock. Well, we make it through the white water, and here I am. I'm, uh, I'm drenched both with water and with my own sweat. And how scared I was. And, of course, she just has the biggest grin on her face. And she's like, can we do that again? Can we do that again? <laughs> and um, so the, in that story, I think there's a lot in that moment of transition that leaders make. Because at some point, leaders get, get to the place of understanding that they don't have the control that they wish they had or that they perceive that they have, that their own fear, their own fear is actually the greatest adversary. And that to be able to lean into the current, to just lean with the moment and let go of the fear, to just confront what's in front of them, um, it's not easy. Yet that's what's required. And I think that's what happens as leaders reach that point, whether they're moving from entrepreneurial behavior to more business discipline and greater business leadership, whether they're confronting with how truthful to be in a given moment, to be authentic and transparent with the people around them, how to listen with vulnerability and how to be open. And I think that those are the moments when they come to realize that they don't have control, that they have to just let go and move with the water and with the flow, and and find their flow. And I think, um, and that idea of being in the flow as a leader, when you see a leader that's there, really what, what they're really doing is just moving with what's around them. They become great listeners. They become curious. They, can, they confront differences by asking questions through exploration, and all the while exploring themselves. Because you, again, we're going, going to go right back to the beginning. You cannot be an aligned leader unless you're willing to explore yourself and what alignment looks like and what your relationship to the world is, especially when you've got moments of great fear. Mm. It's, it's the uh, ability to embrace that and to move through it, move around it. That, uh, that's that moment. You know, Edgar, I, uh, I need to stop saying you know. I'll, I'll catch that, I'm sure, eventually. One of the things that I... you know that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I valued is uh, a former leader of mine that I reported to wrote me a letter of recommendation for something, praising praising my being able to play the devil's advocate. 
it was one of the few leaders that I've worked with that found that part valuable. Have we considered how people might think about this? Um, mm-hmm. if, if we do this, it might be perceived as X or it might, it might actually um, result in X with somebody. And he, you know, that wargaming out the work you were going to do to follow its impacts. I mean, that's something that we talk about in systems thinking all the time is being able to follow those threads yeah. for better or for worse. We see a lot of businesses as they grow, a lot of leaders bringing people in that are that they get along with, where the values and beliefs are all the same. Mm-hmm. What should a leader do to make sure that they are listening broadly enough to perspectives that are not just the same as their own to, and still maintain that alignment? Yeah, I, there is, well, it strikes me as, a, as, as the, there's two pieces in that. One is to listen broadly, which is to be very conscious to get different input from different people and get a diversity of thought. So diversity of thought, I think, is a key ingredient. It's always a key ingredient in terms of great innovation and uh, problem solving and definitely moving through difficult situations. That's one. That's one piece of it. And then the other one is the depth. So you said listen broadly and get get, get broad input. Um, I think I think there's that level where you where you expand out in your thinking, and then I think there's also the depth, which is listening for understanding. Listening with empathy, understanding, and really trying to understand what people are sharing and telling you. Of course, that takes time. And as you and I have talked about, one of the greatest gifts we give to one another in life is listening, because listening also takes time, precious time to listen. I think that there's there's two pieces. One is to be very conscious to get as broad input as you can or you deem necessary in any given situation, and to always be looking for it. And then what's the quality that you create uh, in, in how you listen and the depth with which you listen? I think that's, that's key. I, um, there is such a natural um, capability for people to attract to one another out of like kind. And I think it, part of that is, as an aligned leader is to recognize who am I attracted to and why and for what purpose. And that it's really good to find those people that play the role of devil's advocate, which, by the way, I would say is a compliment to you because I've seen you work with groups and teams and you're wonderful at, at just poking at things. Let me poke at this. <laughs> let me poke at this. And sometimes I can see it on people's faces. It's kind of like, oh, no, and did you really need to ask me that? And, uh, yeah, <laughs> because um, so often... And I think this is also so often the case, um, and and leaders can learn a lesson about how they re, how they themselves respond to this. That when somebody asks them a question, they say, "Well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that," because they already knew the question was at hand. So I think aligned leadership is also asking yourself the questions and not waiting for somebody else to ask them. And if you ask yourself the question, that leads you to then discover who do I need to ask next? Who do I need to ask beyond my own? thoughts and ideas and opinions on this and to be able to do that you know the question is there yeah. you know the question is there and the thing is it's got to be asked yeah so interesting i mean that idea that a leader has to not only have to listen with that depth but you have to anticipate 
you, you know, in the teaching space, um, I, I was just sharing with somebody, I think I was sharing with some students I was mentoring recently, and I said, you know, when you put together a presentation yeah, and you ask a question, you should anticipate what the answers are. Yeah. Right? And nine times out of ten, it'll come out exactly as you want it. But the work really that you put in is anticipating what questions people are going to have and how they're going to answer the questions you ask them. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah, and that's an interesting teaching teaching perspective. And I think there's the other end of the spectrum, too, then, that says when I ask a question, and it happens to, to me a lot, uh, where I just raised a question and then I just, oh, crap, that's not at all an answer I expected. Right, right, right. And those are very often the best ones. Those are the best ones. So I think as a leader, I think you go into it acknowledging that you have an answer. And I think it's, it's just as important to say, I'm looking for an answer I haven't heard before. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm struck by that, that vision of you and your daughter uh, leaning in the water around the rocks in the kayak. Is, Pop, is, that was good. Can we do that again? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, what, what a great image uh, for the leader, right? I mean, knowing that there's going to be a point where you no longer have this dramatic control. I mean, what we're seeing with those businesses we're working with that are in that in different parts of the growth curve is they start to build the team. Mm-hmm. And now they might no longer have direct contact with the people that are doing the work of the business on a daily basis. Yes. And so, you know, the aligned leader has a different expectation now because there are more variables, there are more people, there are more considerations to be had. So it's not just you and your beliefs and the values and then people follow lemur-like. It is really, um, you know, it's really that they have to, they have to kind of lean into the water around the rock, right? Right, and they may not get what they're expecting. (laughs) And you don't know what what the next rock looks like. So there's two things in that. One is letting go of the fear to find your flow. I think when people are in a flow, it's much like our childlike imaginations are at work. And so we see different, we see possibilities in a broader and deeper way. I think that's a part of it. So the fear piece and the flow. And then that fear then translates into if you're working with a team and you're allowing other people to, to make the decisions to, to do the thinking that typically you would so much rely on yourself. And I get this a lot. The leader says, well, what if I get something I wasn't looking for? And, you know, the answer to that one is, and? (laughs) Yes, and? What might you get? And uh, we recently worked with a group where um, we did a uh, uh, design thinking thinking, uh, piece. And uh, going into it, the leader said, yeah, I already know what the two or three answers are. And then afterwards he says, I can't believe all the different <laughs> ideas that just came up, you know, after hearing from, you know, the other people in the room and the long list of ideas and great ideas that came out. It's kind of like, wow, I, you know, I went into this thinking I knew the answers and not, not really. Yeah. seems to me that being an aligned leader is about an extreme amount of openness, open to oneself and, and figuring out where your beliefs and values really are open to, the input from others, the, the flow of the world around you. It begins with that. And open openness to see myself and accept myself for who I am. Yeah. yeah. Edgar, so much more to talk about on this topic. Always. 
we um we're we're at time today. We'll be adding on to this topic in Thanks, future Jim. podcasts. Jim, Jim, Jim's so nice with Jim, the warnings. Jim knew half you know, we we, we set a timer, the timer went off, and we ignored it altogether. So that's Jim. Jim is timer number two over there. Thank you, Jim. Jim's our producer, a sound guy, our video guy. He's uh, he's the anchor to this podcast. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, I'm not sure without the weekend text we'd have our act together enough, Edgar. No, not at all. <laughs> hey, so with that, um, as always, you're invited to uh, let us hear from you. Your thoughts, your comments, your questions, as we like to say. Thoughts, comments, questions, anything at all. Uh, we thank you very much for uh, tuning in, uh, whether it's live or you're listening or watching this later. Thank you very much. And uh, Jim and I talked about how many international downloads we've gotten. So it would be really interesting to hear from people in different cultures of, of how this is, is fitting or not. Yeah. And um, if you're out there uh, in, in Ukraine, our best to you. If you're in Russia, our best to you. Um, knowing that everything that's going on around you, um, and if you uh, are seeking any uh, an ear, if you're seeking somebody to talk to about it, you know, let us know. We're here to help you as well, and uh, to help you find your true alignment. Thank you, Edgar. Yeah, thank you very much as always, Ken. And again, thank you all. Uh, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Thanks for listening to the True Alignment Podcast. See you next time around. <laughs>